Hey, everybody, and welcome to The Void, a show dedicated to filling the void between being an employee and becoming self-employed. Most people refer to starting your own company as taking the leap, as if they're blindly jumping off a cliff and into the unknown. This show is here to help you understand that it doesn't have to be that way. As always, if you like what you're hearing on the show, please do us a favor and help share The Void with somebody else who might be wanting to start their own company. We saw an opportunity to help others understand that self-employment is well within your reach, and just as our businesses have grown organically and by word of mouth, we want this show to grow the same way. So if you see somebody asking questions about starting their own service-based business, please do us a favor and send them a link to the show. I'm your host, Mitch Smedley, and with me as always is David Hilton. Mitch, bro. David. I had a great, I had a great day today. I, I it was hear a that. great fucking day today. Yeah, I'm going to... You know, you want to know what I joked did? around about it before the show. I'm just going to do it right now. What? I'm texting your wife. Oh, okay. That's fine. I got, uh, I'm just going to give you a little recap. Yep. It was pretty good. So got up early, you know, took the truck trailer, went and got wood today, firewood for all of you creepers out there. Uh, got back. Janine helped me unload all of it. Was feeling pretty good. Then, uh, Brett Rim messaged me today. One of our Tradewinds members. Yep. He's like a sneak preview of his website. It yep. fucking is awesome. Yeah, his website's it cool. It looks so... And on the phone, like so on your phone as you're looking at it, which we know a lot of people, it looks great. Yeah. Like on your phone, it's fucking awesome. Yeah. So I was super stoked about that. Got all the firewood unloaded. Uh, so Janine and I don't have like date night because we just can't. Like it's impossible. So I'm either doing Tradewind stuff and she's taking her to sock like there are no nights that line up so usually like monday or tuesday we'll go out right so today we went out had lunch was awesome got back got in the hot tub for a while after having a few drinks <laughs> yada 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 at the podcast feeling pretty good today <laughs> i mean just so far like you all i always feel like like when I'm working during the day and I'm doing a lot of stuff, like I'm satisfied and I'm, I'm fulfilled, like all the hard work that's going on, you know, right. you're just kind of like, okay, I got there today. There was none of that except for getting firewood. And I feel great today. It was, it was just great. Are you seriously texting my wife? Yeah. I said, so <laughs> I said, David's in an exceptionally good mood today. Did you two bang this afternoon? And she says, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say that. I said we had lunch and got in the hot tub no, today. I, she said I asked oh. her and she said maybe. Oh, well, whatever. Yeah. I didn't I didn't say that. Well. But it was like I told her it needs to happen more often. Like, good I'm for you. Out you know for what? You. My, my best buddy. <laughs> One of my best buddies in the whole world. I got two great friends. Oh, I, I, you know, business depends on it. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah. But no, it's just you know, we've talked about before on the podcast, like, especially for me, like, there's just this weird drive of if I don't work myself to death, I don't feel like I'm fulfilled for the day or right. for the week or whatever. But I'm finally starting to realize if I don't take those times and, like, just have a little bit of work and then, you know, take a break and do stuff, then I'm just beat myself to death. So finally, like, today is like one of the first days I've realized, okay. I didn't have to kill myself today, and I got stuff done, and I still feel very good about it. Right. You know what I mean? Well, wait until you read the book, How to Buy Your Time Back. I'm not reading that. I'm not reading that fucking book. (laughs) I mean, Um, you know what? I say that. I might read that book. 
I actually dude audiobook it. It's uh it's a seven and a half hour playback if you listen to it on straight speed. So you I can comprehend it on one point two speed. I tried one point five and it's too, too fast for yeah. me to to so work. So So you have in the last two years, you have probably listed, I don't know, what, like 10, 12 books? Yeah. I've never gone home and written one down. I wrote that one down. Yeah, it's good. Okay, so I'm not, I, I'm not saying I'm not going to read it. I'm just saying mm-hmm. for the first time I just want to get to the level years, of having a house manager. Well, it's funny. Literally, like, literally after that podcast, I went home and one of the house suggested... Manager. It's called a wife. No. <laughs> You're paying her to answer the phone two days a week. She's the house manager from then after. Next subject. <laughs> <laughs> what's What's funny is after that podcast, I went home and like one of the first suggested videos I had on YouTube was had the E Myth like a, a YouTuber was talking about it. Yep. Like my phone's listening to me everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Damn right it is. Well, there's and there's it a is listening there's to a you. boatload of E Myth books. They've they've got E Myth books for all yeah. different businesses, right? They yeah. they yeah. tailor the book for contractors and for you know. Well, legal people and for office people and for data yeah. people and you know all that kind of stuff so this yeah but they've always kind of been the branch of yeah well this the guy, original right well this <laughs> guy he kind of you can kind of take it and put it into whatever line of work you're in like this guy is a, a content creator so he outsources all of his editing so he hasn't edited one video so what he says is like i take the two or three hours i would spend editing and that's actually on the front end of idea creation and content creation. Yeah. So well, it's like, yeah, he doesn't get blocked down with all the editing, so he just sends it off. He actually goes on Fiverr and just pays someone like a hundred bucks, you know, and they edit his video. Right. Yeah. Well, the the other thing too, like in the in the book, how to buy your time back. Once you've bought all your time back, it's not like you're fucking off. It's not like you're just sitting on the couch eating Cheetos all day long watching TV. No, like, it allows you to go into other business enterprises yeah well you buy your time back so that you can then reinvest the time that you've now bought back back onto the high value things in your business so like in austin's case you got filming and you got editing Mm -hmm. well if you can subcontract out the editing or buy your time back and have somebody else do editing then that frees you up to film more Hey, if you like what you're hearing on The Void and you want even more info, we just started a mentorship program specifically for trades professionals to start their business or to get their business to an incredibly healthy position. So if you'd like more info, click on the link in the description of this show. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And, and so, um, you know, it's different for every business out there, but you're right. basically buying back the inexpensive stuff. Yeah. And and then that way you as the visionary mm. of the business can can spend time on the bigger picture yeah, stuff. Yeah, or so, or mm. do other things you're passionate about. Yeah. In the business industry. And and buy it like because mm. time is the most precious commodity in the world, uh, that also includes <clears throat> time with your wife, time with your family, time with your kids. Right. Yeah. So yeah, like you can't buy back that time, but well, you can buy back other time so that you can make time for those things. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So and that's why whoa. I just lost there. Stop touching your mic. I think my mic's no, it's, it's doing this on its own. I think my mic's getting ready to go out. No, it's not your mic is the cable. Well, what? Okay, whatever. Um, don't touch anything. The, uh, don't breathe on it too hard. <laughs> that's why you feel fulfilled <clears throat> spending. Like if you don't, if you don't have a good grasp of your time, then you feel guilty when you take time away from the business and spend it with your family. Because you think, I should be spending this time on the business. I should be hustling and grinding, right? But 
if you've successfully bought your time back, then you can actually feel fulfilled knowing that you're providing jobs for other people and and you've bought enough time back to spend time with your family. Yeah. So that's the difference between feeling fulfilled or feeling guilty with that time. Yeah. And it's, it's weird. We've talked about it a lot with me, but just like the, when you are in a hardworking industry for 20 years and then that just kind of starts to tail off or you start moving to something else, like it's a mind fuck, right? Yeah. Like what you were just talking about. You're just like, Man, well, I just I don't feel like I. It's it's kind of like imposter syndrome, like right. You just don't feel like you deserve it, almost, right? Because you've just been so used to doing one thing for so long. But it's it, it and it's crazy because, like with the trade winds guys, like we'll talk to them and do all this, and I'm the whole time I'm feeling like, I, you know, I'm giving them so much value. And I, and I know that I am, but still at the same time, I'm like, I'm not working there. I don't have my wrenches out. I'm not doing it. So it's like, there's this small piece of guilt. And then at the end of calls, they're like, dude, thank you so much. Right. Like they're grateful and they know that the value's there. It's well, convincing yourself that the value's there. That's, that's imposter syndrome is what that is. You don't, that's what you, just don't said. Rec- yeah, yeah, you don't recognize the yeah. amount of value you're delivering. Yeah. Also and it's too- just, and it's hard. It's, it's a, you know, when we, um, we still have a couple of episodes to do or, you know, training courses to do on the, the mm-hmm. trade wind side, and, but we've talked about it on the show before. I didn't realize how hard some of that stuff can be to get over. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, you don't realize it's just been ingrained to you for so long that it's like, oh shit. Most people never like, get over It's hard for me. So It's super hard for me. Most people never get over it, right? And, and that's why, like in plumbing companies statistically you'll never have a four truck company or a five truck company because it's like 5% of companies break the three truck level. Yeah. 1% of companies break a five truck level, right? So that means one out of a hundred plumbing companies has more than five trucks, right? So the reason why is your imposter syndrome says you're not worthy of a five truck company and people believe that. Yeah, and I get and it. They shouldn't, I, right? I, I never. It never made sense to me. Yeah, and now it's starting to really make sense to me. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not tooting my own horn by any means. I'm just like, like it just slapped me in the face. Like, holy shit, that is real, right? Like that is a real thing that guys deal with. Yeah, and and you know we have guys like in trade winds. Like Brandon's got, are they seven trucks? Yeah, I think so. Six or seven trucks. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just like holy shit. Doesn't bother him one bit. <laughs> yeah, no, he's, yeah, he's, he's like, yeah, no, we're good. Yeah. I'm like, dude, what the fuck? <laughs> yep, and and that's you just know? everyone has different levels mm-hmm. of limiting beliefs, and if yeah. one person's limiting belief is, I don't know how I'm gonna break ten trucks, they're gonna run right up to ten, and then they're just gonna stuck be stuck at that level of imposter syndrome. Yeah, and if somebody's like, I don't know how I'm gonna break thirty trucks, well, then they're gonna run to thirty. Um, one other thing to hit though, like on how important it is to buy back your time and what you do with your time and whether you feel guilty about it or not. Uh, Victor Rancor, when he sold his business, he literally kind of went into like a month and a half of depression. Right. And this goes to, this goes to show you that when you're so focused on building a business and building a business and doing, doing the tasks (laughs) of the business, well, then he sells the business and he has nothing to do. Comes to a screeching halt. Right. Every, like, uh, what do I do with my time? And then he feels guilty. Right now, now, it's easy for us to be on this side of it and say, how, how do you feel guilty with that much money, right? Because he sold his business and he made good money on it. But still, 
just like what you were saying when we started the show, you were saying like it felt good yeah. to spend time at home and not feel guilty about yeah. it, right? Yeah, it's the first time in two years. Right. Well, if that like, if building literally. that business has been your identity for five straight years, yeah, and then it's stripped away from you and for mm. a month and like it's there's a massive adjustment period where it's like it's a life change. What the fuck yeah. do I do? Well, too, like it's the conditioning yeah. is like what is work to you. That's why it's like you'll see guys like you're turning wrenches for twenty years. That's why it's like for me, video editing is work. But to someone else who turns wrenches, it's like oh, that's nothing. It's just like work yeah. is different to everyone and so it's like yeah that conditioning of like it was awkward when i at mcdonald's when i went from crew to manager because you're in charge of the whole store you know and your tendency is like oh i'm just gonna stay in this spot and yeah you feel comfortable i, I would <laughs> like to talk like, i didn't get to talk to victor a whole lot um like <clears throat> like i would say he's a hard guy to talk to because his weird. mind moves so fast well, and, has, and it makes he, him, it makes him a come off weird. Well, he has ADHD and it's oh, okay. hundred percent. But that's yeah. what drives, you know, it, we'll talk about something else for just a few minutes. ADHD and the diagnosis quote unquote of ADHD is horseshit. Like ADHD. It's one of the greatest things ever. People that can harness it and do good with it grow great businesses and do great things yeah. 90% of the time. Yeah. Like they just do like it's, it just is what it is. Like you, you have the ability to take on a lot, handle a lot, a lot and get it done in, in business. You've got the top two key roles in business and that's your visionary and your integrator. Okay. Your visionary is the one who comes up with all the wild and crazy ideas that are cutting edge and leading the market and, and breaking the mold, right? Your integrator is the guy who has to figure out how to do it all. Yeah, you, you want your visionary to have ADHD. It's bankruptcy if your integrator has ADHD. Like oh yeah, it's your not integrator happening. can't have ADHD, no. but you want your visionary to because you want that a, a out of the box thinking. You want that yeah. pulling ahead of like that's fucking crazy. Let's do it. Yeah, you know. And I, How do we I make wish it I could. I, I wish I could have like spent just a little bit more time with him. Kind of, yeah, and I'm sure our paths will cross again. It's, yeah. it's there's no doubt, but. Um, just like what you were saying about like he went into depression like for a month and a half like just personally for a month and a half I'm partying <laughs> like right. if I get 40 million and then I'm like going to figure out what I'm going to do but that's the difference he was in depression because he was like I have to do something right now it's his purpose yeah. I have to do something right now well and and and, 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 and there was nothing for him to do well, and he and had it, to refine his focus and then move on. Hopefully, he buys trade wins in the void for $20 million, yeah. and we move on down the road. <laughs> because well, I like, know what I'm going to do. <laughs> you know, the, uh, I'm, just, I'm just saying. It, for him, it's a combination of ADHD, but then also he's an incredibly competitive person. And so he stocked his identity into his business and competing with yeah. all the other businesses in the nation, right? Yeah. He was trying to grow his business faster and bigger than anybody else and then sell it. Yeah, big, it's right? weird. Like a lot of people that are in business and do that don't even know that they're competitive. They're like, no, I never played any sports. And then they get into that and then they're like, oh, fuck. I'm kicking his ass. I'm so competitive. Yeah. And then you're like, did you realize if you played adult softball, you would like be yelling at the other team and screaming and throwing balls at him? Right. Like what? <laughs> well, so what's you know? funny is now he's now that he has the time, he's coaching his kids little league football, flag football. Yeah. And, and he's he probably losing his shit. He, he got scolded by the parents. <laughs> for being too aggressive with the kids. And he's like, I'm training winners 
we aren't giving dude. out participation trophies. If your kids aren't on this team to win, get the fuck they can out go of here. somewhere else, right? Dude, dude uh, so last weekend, it's, it's funny you bring this up. So Layla had her last league game. So she plays D1. Yep. After D1's ENCL, they can't even do ECNL, sorry, until next year. Like she's, So she, for her age, she's the top she can be. Right. So last weekend, uh, they were playing their last game. This team comes from Omaha to be in this league, Omaha, Nebraska. I almost text the guys yeah. that are from, <laughs> we have three guys in trade wins from Omaha. Um, but like, so they're calling fouls and they're doing this and they're doing that. And this ref, this girl literally runs Layla over in the penalty box. Not she's, she's trying to score. Layla's trying to defend. Okay. So runs her flat over and the refs and this, and I'm like, Oh, that's a foul. You know? And this mom over here is like, that's not a foul. She's playing the ball. I was like, she's playing the ball with her shoulder and her leg and her arm. (laughs) Or like, what's she doing? And this mom keeps going on. I'm like, no, seriously, stop. And I'm like, okay, what? So I started getting loud. You know me. Yeah. So I'm getting loud, right? (laughs) Yeah. Like, so I'm, I'm pretty loud and my dad's there. My dad's been kind of coming to games, you know. He's like, "Hey, yep. dude, like, relax." And Janine's on one side, my dad's on the other. He's like, "Hey," I was like, "Dude, no, fuck that." Yeah, I was like, "This ain't participation bullshit." I look over, there's a dad on the other team sitting in a chair by himself, and he's he's like staring me down. Yeah, I look right at him. I was like, "Dude, you got a fucking problem?" Yeah, like, what's the deal? <laughs> and and he just turns and he shakes his head, and I was like, "Yeah, just shake it off, dude." I was like, "That's the problem. No one wants to ever fucking speak up." Well, and, and that shit fucking drives me insane. We are literally like you were saying with what Victor was saying. We're trying to raise fucking winners here. Yeah, this Generation X. Everyone says we're millennials. We're Xers. Yeah, they said we were Xers when we were, we're in like we're hybrid third grade. Millennials. They were like, "No, you're an Xer," and I was like, "Okay." So I've been an Xer. We're trying to change the mentality of participation trophy bullshit. Like, look, put up or shut up. Yeah. And I'm, I'm like looking at all these parents and I'm old. People don't know I'm older. Like most of the kids that, you know, we play with, their parents are probably like 33, 34, 35. And you look really young. For yeah. Your age. And I'm yeah. 42. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, look, we're raising fucking winners. Yeah. We're not raising losers. And her coach. Like he's like, dude, I get it. Yeah, yeah. like like he'll whisper, like he'll come over and be like, hey, yeah, I get well, it. And I'm like, man, fuck these people. And some of it, like with social media and everything else, um, they they kind of glamorize. Well, they they highlight the, they they try to get they try to paint the picture that it's a disgrace to get ejected from a little league game for yelling at the ump, and. For I'm gonna say for the most part it probably is eighty yeah. percent of the time if you're yelling at the ump or the ref or what do you call them in soccer is it a ref yeah they so they have refs uh, and they have side judges I okay. will say this like so the kids that ref and side judge like at her level they're like fourteen and fifteen yeah and so when parents yell at them I yell at the parents I'm like dude yeah they fucked up they're kids too yeah 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 like it's different right but like when they're when they're grown umps. Yeah, like at a baseball game, it's like if they can't handle it, then right. fuck, you're not, you, you shouldn't be out here. Well, and I mean, it's been a few years since our kids were in baseball, but like where we would draw the line, they need like, to be in some more sports. By you, the way, you understand <laughs> that like a lot of times the umps in baseball are kids and all that stuff, yeah. right? So you're gonna cut them some slack. However, yeah, when their poor job interferes with teaching the kids the fundamentals of the game. That's where like we would draw the line and we would have conversations with the umps and all of that kind of stuff. We'd never yell at the umps. Um, I think I think there was only one time where we yelled at the umps, but it was because the umps kind of started it. 
the umps were kind of doing this whole thing of like, you can't talk to us. Like, yes, we're we can. calling a game. It's like, no, we can absolutely talk to you because we've instructed our kids that this is the rule. And now you've, you know, called them out because it's a different, rule. a different rule. So yeah. we have to have yeah. a conversation. Yeah. And I, because we've uh, trained our kids to do this, you know? Yeah. And, and I will yell like, <laughs> this was three games ago. I'm sitting down watching the game and, you know, they call offsides and it's clearly not offsides by like 10 feet. And yeah. I'll say something like, yeah. Hey, look, the rule is this. Yeah. Like, I understand you guys are, what are you doing? Like yeah. I'll say, but I won't be like, I won't berate them. No, they're kids. Well, you know, I'm, they're fucking kids out there and they're, they don't make a lot of money. You know, they're doing it to facilitate the sport and facilitate what's going on. Yep. So I try not to like get, too overwhelmed with yep. what's going on. It's the other parents mm-hmm. that make me literally want to snap necks. Yep. Like, I can't believe after... So she's only been playing for like three years, three and a half years. I'm surprised that I haven't fought another parent yet. Yeah. So, Grant... <laughs> Don't say... Yeah. No, I'm, no, I'm, seriously. I'm surprised you haven't either. I'm, I'm 100% surprised. I just... Grant Alexis, tried uh, tackle football for a little while this year or last year uh, this was it last been, year i think last year i think it was last year two um, years ago maybe two maybe even ago. two seasons ago i think it was two seasons ago tried tackle football didn't know what he was doing beforehand grant doesn't do all that well in team sports um and so get that shithead into some tennis well that's why i'm getting him into drums i'm gonna buy that so, kid a drum set you think it's funny you wait till christmas eve and there's a fucking drum set down there uh, i'm 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 game. I'm setting it up in the living room and I'm screwing it down to the floor. I, I can think of <laughs> not three, moving. I'm, I can think of three occasions where I've texted Danielle pictures of drum sets for sale on Marketplace, and she's like, "No," and I'm like, eh, "Won't you be pissed if it just shows up at our house?" Dude, <laughs> you could put, so, if you tell me, "Hey, you have to take this and say it was you." I will a hundred percent do it. I'll take that. I'll I'll, I'll land on that. Grenade. I will one hundred percent take that fall. So he he going through practice, we could tell it was going to be a struggle. Um, and then we did, I think two games and the first game, he didn't get to play much at all. Cause he wasn't doing very well in practice. And so we talked him up and got him to well, do really he was new. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and he didn't even know the game all that well. Right. Yeah, you gotta so, learn it. So right? we got him to really invest himself in practice. And then he got to see some playing time in the next game. Well, um, our friends also had a son on the team and we were at one of the games and the, um, our friend's kid, like all the play went off to one side of the field and some bigger football player on the other team started like, like literally punching <laughs> our friend's kid. Um, I like, it. you know, <laughs> blocked him hard, got him on the ground. And then instead of just kind of holding him on the ground to keep him from interfering with the play, he was literally punching him. Right. I like it. <laughs> and so a couple of people started hooping and hollering and this was happening 10 feet from a ref. Yeah. But the ref wasn't looking at it. Yeah. And so a couple of people started hooting and hollering and our friends started like, you know, ref. This is going on right, and it's still happening. And he's like, "Ref, this is going on like right next to you." Yeah. And so the ref like glances at it for a second, and then focuses on the play. Well, my friend. Yeah. You know, is he like me? Oh, he he went off on the ref. You know, and I mean, because the kids are literally fighting on the field. Yeah. And so, well, and that's like that's the thing. Like when the kids are getting hurt, like I have said. You know, before like they won't call fouls or whatever, and then it, and then it kind of it escalates. Even in girls' soccer, 
Like it oh, escalates. Yeah. yeah, they start kicking each other in the shin. And girls are probably meaner than boys. They're to be honest fucking with mean you. as shit, dude. Yeah. They're pulling hair. They're pushing each other down. Girls like, have hey, a level of vindictive that boys don't have. You're 100 percent right. Yeah. Like so, you yell through, "Hey, if you don't get this under control, there's gonna be bloodbath out here." Yeah. Like, what are you doing, bro? Yeah. And and I th- if I remember correctly, you there laugh. was it's fucking true. There was some <laughs> stuff leading up to it where the ref was kind of like, "Hey." keep an eye on this this is yeah this is building and the ref was ignoring it and then it got to where they were actually so what, throwing punches so what's your friend do? and so he started you know chewing out the ref and like you know he he said like hey just like what i said here it is happening again and the ref like glanced at it and looked away and the kid throws a couple more punches and so my, my friend gets up and like walks right up to the sideline and he's like if you don't fucking do something about this i'm gonna go out there and break that shit up yeah and and he's like i'm cool with letting the kids you know play the game and everything else but at the point where kids are getting hurt yeah and they're they're getting it's not getting hurt accidentally it's getting hurt because yeah you're not doing yeah. your job that's a problem yeah so of course he he throws a flag and like warns the stands you know, they, they, yeah they all yeah. do it through the coaches right like, yeah it's bullshit you got to control your parents and all yeah. this stuff and so that you know, of course, my friends like friends with the coaches. Yeah. And so the coaches are like, we'll control him, but you do need to do a better job of all this stuff. And then my friend pipes up again and he's like, they ain't fucking controlling me. If that kid punches my son one more time, I'm kicking your ass. And of course, now you're making a threat to a ref. So he gets ejected. <laughs> See, and, all, and that's like all of that shit. Yeah. Like what I do is I, I would in that situation, I'd go out there and I'd say, whose fucking kid is this? Yeah. And I'd be like, whoever th- I'd be like. I'm f- yeah. Brace I, yourself, bro. Yeah. I'm coming up the fucking stands right now. Yeah. I'm gonna do one more. Like, I'm your, do kid, one more drink. your kid fucking hits my kid again. I'm gonna fucking hit you. And, and like that's are, just what happens. You know, it's it's one thing to like get into a verbal argument over them calling balls or strikes or something like that. Yeah, that's it, different than when the kids are getting hurt. Exactly. Yeah. And that's and that's, that's 100% was, different. That's what I was going with this. Yeah. Like they've It's 100% different, man. They've they've tried yeah. to paint these these umps and refs like they're 100% innocent in all of this when you know, they are in charge of player safety. And and that's yeah. usually where, yeah. when player safety is at stake, that's usually where it's okay to lose your temper and and you're not going to you're not going to get looked down upon for getting kicked out of the game for yeah. yelling at a ref because player safety was yeah. at stake. And like, I'll, I'll die on that hill. Yeah, I would get, I will too. The thing yeah. about soccer, like soccer is different. Like, but like when the other parents mm-hmm. and I love that it's always the women, they will mm-hmm. run their mouths because they know that no one will say anything and you'll look over and it's always a husband and wife yep. and the husband will not even look over. Like yep. I'll be yelling <laughs> yeah. and then he'll just be like this, like yep. stone cold for those Dude. of you that are on YouTube. Like he'll just be looking stone cold. He won't look over. I he, can't. He, he won't even fucking like, side eye. Cause I'll be yelling. <laughs> I'll be yelling. I'll be like, Hey, yeah. Hey, yeah. like I'm, I mean, I'm talking serious. Like Janine's elbowing me yeah. the whole time. Like grabbing, she's like, Hey, I was like, <clears> and I'll just tell her, I'll be like, babe, uh, uh-uh. uh, yeah. this ain't fucking happening yeah. on my watch. Yeah. Like she knows. And it, it, you know, it's weird. Like, so when we first, when she first got into really competitive soccer, like Janine was really hard on me. Like, you, you can't say anything. But now she's kind of like, like she's going to say anything about yeah, that? Yeah, like, are you going to fucking say it? And I'm like, fucking well, A I am. And my dad, so at the game, Janine... my dad's like, hey, hey, dude, what are you doing? I'm like, dad. Yeah. That's why me and you aren't the same, bro. The, I will fuck all these people up. The reason like, why that's people, what will happen. The reason why people are like that is because they've seen a couple of viral videos where umps are taking some unnecessary heat. And so they think if you give the ump yeah. heat, 
you're going to be on a viral video. Well, sometimes the umps need it. Yeah. Right. And, and I don't. And, and, and I don't give the ump a lot of heat. Like I'll say, the worst thing I've ever said to a ump or a ref is like, "Dude, you either got to call it both fucking ways or not at all." Right. Or I'll say, "Hey." that's not off sides. If the side judge don't fucking know, you got to tell him. Yeah. Like that's the worst thing I've ever said to a ref. Yep. But parent wise, I will eat a parent's fucking ass on the sidelines and not Dude, give two shits. I've told you the story about how Danielle got kicked out of a yeah. baseball game once. <laughs> yeah. And that, that wasn't an ump you at was, all. You know what's fucking crazy is like, like Danielle and I are probably like more kindred spirits oh, yeah. than like you and 100%. I. Like she's yelling at motherfuckers. Like, what are you gonna do? Like, yeah. you can't, like you I'm guys the can't same. Go together to a game. Oh my god! Oh, god if no. Danielle, look, if if our kids, you know what? You know what needs to happen? Me and Danielle and you and Janine need to go to a Chiefs game together. No, 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 no. <laughs> they have actual police there. That would no. not go. No, like if, like if, so like just say some fucking like some weird thing happened and Grant. And Layla, so they're the same age. Grant and Layla are the same age. Yeah. If for some reason they were like on the same team of a sporting event, and then all four of us went, that's a disaster. Yeah, it's yeah. a problem. Like way when to there's happen. when there's a parent talking shit, and then there's a bad refing, and and then her and I are like, she, I, I'm yeah. firing her up. That's bad. And yeah. Daniel's getting like, like five someone's going in. to fucking jail. I can't remember the exact like parameters. Someone's going to fucking jail. Dude. I can't remember what caused it with Danielle. Something about. The, the ref's not calling something, and then they didn't call it, like, repeatedly. And so the other team, there was a mom on the other team was yeah, like, well, when if the they're other not mom, calling it, just yeah. keep doing it. Yeah, when the, other, she, when the other team's parents start talking shit, yeah. that's the worst. Because you're like, look, you fat fucking single bitch. And so Danielle you started fucking yelling fucking ass her. on down the road. Yeah. yeah. she That other mom was instigating the kids, yeah. and so Danielle started yelling at her to, like, <laughs> leave the kids alone. Yeah. Well, then the other mom called Danielle a bitch, and that's not what you do with a redhead. Like, that just doesn't stop. That's like telling a, a that's woman like, to chill out. That's right? like, if, like if you tell a redhead to stop, that's basically like throwing gasoline on a fire. Yeah, yeah. And, and then so, next thing you know, she's stabbing you. Dex, Danielle and this, like, I'm <laughs> having to kind stabbed. of hold Danielle back, and the, she's going back and forth with See, this lady. you're and then, so much, like, if Danielle was my wife and that's happening, I'm like, babe, fuck her up. Yeah. Go. I'm like, I'm letting her <laughs> well, go. I'm like, babe, fuck her up. I'm Let's see what happens. I'm trying to not get my wife arrested. No. You know? You're catching her. <laughs> you want something fun to happen or not? Let her go, bitch. Well, babe, if you if you punch her five times, I'll give you $1,000. So, so like, then, just let her fly. So then this you dude, her, like, steps in. Yeah. Drink this vodka and this Red Bull. Fuck that bitch up. Yeah. So then this dude <laughs> steps in to try to stop stuff, and Danielle, like, starts cussing at the dude. Like, yeah. Well, it turns out the dude was the league commissioner. <laughs> Fucking and who cares, so he man? he booted her from the field. <laughs> you know, and, and booted the other mom, too. But it was like, well, that was coming. Did he just <laughs> walk to the top of the staircases and be like, look, yeah. these bitches got to get out of here. That's, like, a, that's <laughs> a thing that happens. I feel like, I feel like, Mitch, did you just, like, Play ball. You just cuss Play ball. You kind of just, you see him stand up, I'm just going to start walking, because I just yeah. know what's coming. Well, I didn't even know the dude was the league commissioner, either. <laughs> that's Mitch. Mitch is very... I used to be really passive. I'm not anymore. Now I now yes, I, you are not was nearly a, as much as I used to be. When was the last time you punched somebody? Well, he almost well, fought that for never. There's a difference between never. being passive never. and punching the people. The answer's fucking never. I mean, he almost fought that go karting 14 year old. Yeah, he almost punched a 14 year old kid in the face. I did not almost fight anybody <laughs> that in a go kart. He, he, he uh, mildly yelled at a 14. My, no, I aggressively, aggressively yelled at a kid. Oh, God. Was aggressive. That 14 year old had, no it, punches com- about had coming. it coming. Hey, are oh, we going to talk God. anything business, or are we just going to... That is business. That I is mean, business. It kind of is, right? It's that's holding kinda, people accountable. Yeah, accountable. 
That's that's today's show topic. Okay. Hey, wait, wait, wait. Everyone stop. Everyone stop. Mitch, on with the show topics. Oh, there we go. Okay. There you go. Let's so, see what you got. Sorry. As we alluded to last episode, today's show topic <laughs> is <laughs> push your employees, <laughs> pull your employees, or hold them accountable. Um, it's all the same thing, but okay, go ahead. Just <laughs> before we get into that, we got two things we need to hit. Austin did pass the test, and when he snuck out for a pee break during the last episode... <laughs> He Wait. did. Like, this was, this was like less than 24 hours later. He texted Dave and I the he word did ostrich. Me. He did text me yeah. ostrich. Dude, so, I was I was working. I laughed out loud. I laughed, like, I I, laughed too. I'm like, oh, shit, I was at the store. A... I wasn't working. I was at the yep. store and I laughed out loud. I was like, like, weak bladder, shit. but an amazing editor. So yeah. That's what I wanted to say. And then on our Void <laughs> Facebook okay. page. <laughs> okay, awesome editor. Whatever he, whatever he brought up, like we have two things to hit. Austin, I'm like, oh, no. Yeah. They're going to hit me. Uh, on our Void page, Facebook page, uh, we have not been all that active on that page, and I apologize for that. So right First now, off, that's on you. That's all me. I You're know. a marketer. You're so, our marketer. Uh, I, don't I, made, say. I made a post two days ago on our Void Facebook Everyone page. Right now, I was like, what's Dave even fucking do then? Yeah. He's the color commentator. <laughs> He's getting firewood. I'm getting paid and writing checks, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I put a, a post out there saying, let's have some fun. We'll answer any questions you have. Ask the question in the comments, and we'll answer it on the show. Did anyone reply? Well, the Facebook kind of throttled the thing down because we haven't been all that active. And if you were in Tradewinds, you would understand the mechanics of how social media works. And because the post didn't do well in the first 30 seconds of being posted, Facebook kind of kills it. So it only got one reaction and one comment. Uh, but we're going to go ahead and follow through with our end of the deal. What was the comment? Andrew Powell from State Line Door and Lift. <laughs> Fucking Andrew. Uh, says, who can carry 52 50-pound bags of dog food the furthest, me or David? Oh, it's me. I'm going to say uh, 100% it's David because he is the most stubborn son of a bitch ever. I was going to say because my car is. And python this bullshit to where his arm falls off and he'll say it's <laughs> it's only a flesh wound. And he'll stack the dog food on his is head. It, is it going to be timed, or is it like you could run it's for just, five minutes and then just take his the farthest, take as long as it I'm giving break you as the you win can. on this one? It's David. We have to do this. because you're stubborn, and my time's more valuable than carrying fifty pound beds of dog <laughs> food. First off, <laughs> first off, yeah, I thought it. when you yeah. said that, I thought Mitch has two fifty pound bags, and we're about to go outside. No. Oh well, fuck off. Is no. that what you do? Like, um, like if Danielle ever, dude, we're doing it. If, we're doing it. We're going to do it. Yes. Okay. We're going to do it. Is it going to be a foot so race? We, so he said the furthest? Yeah. So is it going to be like... Is this... Who can go the furthest in one minute? I think it's just the it, furthest. There's no time referenced in the question. Dude, I bet I could go a mile. I feel like... like that's of, a long fucking ways, dude. Instead of doing the second podcast, we should just go up to Walmart and get... So, so how does this work? Do you do it and then I do it and then we no, discover we go each side other's by side. results? No, we, we go together? side by side. So we need four 50-pound bags of dog food. Yes. Four? Man, well, the, he the has real, to carry two. I have to carry uh, two. The real question is how do you carry it? Well. Do you backpack it? I don't know. Do you shoulder shoulder? I mean, that's a hundred pounds of dog food. You should get that's like, a lot where do you of fucking find fifty pound bags of dog food. Oh, dude, they sell them at Walmart. They sell them at Walmart. At like you know, Price Hopper, Hy-Vee. Yeah, that's really, like a standard. Our yeah. dog food a standard, comes in thirty pound bags. The biggest bag you can get's a fifty pound bag. That's what we gave with fifty two. Fucking Andrew, Good God, God damn it, dude. Yeah, I know. You couldn't. He couldn't have said fifty. Like he couldn't have said fifty pound. Two he had to say fifty two pound 50 bags pound? of dog food the furthest. We're doing it. Hey, Andrew, because I know you listen to the show. 
Uh, if you see two dumbasses carrying 50-pound dags of dog food down Adams Dairy Parkway, just know you're responsible for this, by the way. The problem is we're going to have to do like... We'll probably have to do it at like a track. I got a three-mile route from my house. Mm-hmm. To what? Why? <laughs> There's a point <laughs> the that real I can walk is and then come back and it's three ha- miles. He has to fucking video it. That's fine. That'd be, I can just take the drone. It doesn't, <laughs> I'm just, He'll be dead in five minutes. I'm like using the, the drone. The drone will be dead in five minutes. 50, so, <laughs> so 100 pounds for you, 100 pounds for me. We're going to make him tar- carry a 25 in the yeah, camera. Well, be funny. And we'll see who His fucking dies. shoulder rig weighs dies. 25. We'll yes. see who fucking dies first. You, you know who, like, it'd be funny. You're right, though. You, I, will not, I will either die out there or win. You're funny. 100% yeah. right. I will either die out there or win. Yeah, should, David's more stubborn than I am. You should get Dave, like, don't tell him the route and not make it like a complete circle. <laughs> so he's got to carry That's dark. Like, three miles That's back. fucking dark. <laughs> We're do doing it. Like, <laughs> All right. We'll do it. I, we'll do I, it. I, I do wonder if bitch, like, if his wife ever messes him on Facebook and it's like a, a mean message. Well, sorry, Facebook was throttling that message. God, I don't know. Mitch through. has been working out for like two fucking years. <laughs> you yeah, got to give me at least a week. That's weightlifting. That's not cardio You got to give me at least a week. Like I gotta, uh, it'll be a week because I'm leaving town in a couple of days. Yeah. Oh, okay, so when so, you get back, we'll do it when you get back. All right, I'll get some cool aerial shots and then you know, God Dave damn will it. be away. We don't, need to, we don't need a video. We just need a couple of photos and then announce the no, winner. No, it'd be fun to video. It's it. just yeah. like last episode where we talked about a marathon and they show you the first few seconds, they show you the last few seconds. <laughs> yeah. they show I think you a we shot should do it. Well, no, we'll do it. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm we'll going to it. It'll be fun. It won't be like a straight like, And then know. we'll donate the dog food to somebody that needs it. How about that? We'll donate the dog <laughs> food dog. to people for the Smedley pet dogs, fixed pipes, whatever bullshit. Yeah, I'm game. That you scan, trade wins will buy. I need to buy. go buy 200 pounds of dog Are you food. Just gonna, trade wins will buy the dog food and then we'll donate it to Smedley Plumbing. How about that? just going to start up its own dog charity thing? I mean, it's they got the fixed pipes fed dogs. Yeah. Uh, oh, first off, the void and trade wins things. That's Smedley. That's I don't all care. But, I don't know what we're going to do. But there. trade wins and the void will buy the dog food this time. All right. And we'll donate to a shelter afterwards. Stay already, tuned for the results be, on that. I already have all the audio That'll for be it. a lot of fun. <laughs> yep. That'll be a lot of fun. Yo, okay, are we going to actually do the show now? Yeah, let's get on. It's been We're like 40 uh, minutes in. So 42 well. minutes. So uh, today's topic is push your employees, pull your employees, or hold them accountable. <clears throat> and we have not rehearsed any of this other than the title of the show. So this will be interesting. <laughs> David's half drunk, so this will be even more interesting. I'm telling you, I had a great day today, man. Yeah, it's because you got one off. I No, but, it's because I sat in the hot tub for 45 minutes. And then got one off. I'm going to have to clean that hot tub filter pretty well. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> but, that's, uh, that's dark, dude. Uh, there are times as a leader of people where you need to push your employees, where you need to pull your employees, and where you need to hold your employees accountable. So let's dive into each of these go and ahead, see man. where they go. So Let me see what you want to talk about. People <clears throat> are capable of a hell of a lot more than they think they are. And so as their leader, it's your job to push them to their limits and even past their limits a little bit, right? They don't know their limits until they go past them. Um, I used to do a little bit of motorcycle racing. And the as you're developing as a motorcycle rider, you don't know what the limits of the motorcycle are yet, Right. And the limits are ever changing based off of the setup of the motorcycle and the skill level of the rider. So you take a non-skilled rider and put them on a poorly set up motorcycle and the limits are 
they're still above what you think you can do, but they're, the, the limits are low, right? Yeah. And then as you increase your skill level and you increase your knowledge of how to set up a motorcycle, the limits now increase. And so it's an ever-changing dichotomy of are we pushing the limits of myself or the motorcycle or both? And then once we feel like we're anywhere near the limits, what needs to expand? Is it my personal limits need to expand? Is it my trust level in the motorcycle needs to expand? Is it the setup of the motorcycle? Does the setup need to be better, right? And it's a, it's a balancing act between all of that. Well, what happens when you run past the limits on a motorcycle? Crash. You crash and burn, right? So um, when, when you're racing a motorcycle, literally the job <clears throat> is to push the motorcycle to its limit. Your job is to push it until it gives way. Right. Like you either crash or you run the fastest time that that thing's capable of running. Right. And so or corner as hard as that thing's capable of cornering. Yeah. And, and so you're constantly like you don't want to go blow past the limit, which I've done. Right. Um, but you you want to push the limit. Right. You want to expand your horizons. Yeah. You so, want to get on that, that. That line is not necessarily black and white. There's yeah. a gray area there. You want to be in the gray area. Yeah. I can remember a time. As you're pushing. I can remember a time where um, I was going around a racetrack in uh, Hallett, Oklahoma, and um, I was on a bone stock motorcycle. It had slightly upgraded tires, but everything else was bone stock. We adjusted the stock suspension the best we could. But here I am going around the track, and I'm doing fairly decent times. And I'm in the advanced group <clears> on a bone stock motorcycle. So Was this your yellow bike? Uh, this was it started out yellow. <laughs> yeah. So I, re- um, I wrecked that bike. <laughs> yeah. And, and so I'm going around the track, and I'm doing pretty well, right? Yeah. Well, then we started realizing that there's some limits to the motorcycle. Yeah, and of course. I was, I was dragging feet and foot pegs and corners and, yeah. like, when you're racing sport bikes, the first thing you're going to drag is your knee because you stick it way out there to find the ground and feel it. Yeah. And and for those that don't know, you stick you hang off the inside of the motorcycle and you stick your knee out there so you can feel the ground without looking at the ground. Your knee is a gauge for how far you're leaned over. Yeah. And so that allows your eyes to stay focused on where you're going, and you can you it's can another get, sense. Yeah. You it's, can it's get a, a third eye. You can get a response from your knee about how far you're leaned over. Right. Well, I was leaning over far enough that my toes started dragging on the ground. Yeah, and it's because the toes, bike had really great tires on it. Yeah, right? well, when your toes drag, the very next thing to gr- start dragging is hard parts that yeah. aren't flexible, and yeah. that's scary, right? Pegs. <laughs> so the next thing I got was uh, different foot pegs that raised up a little bit higher so they didn't drag as early. And I still started dragging those. And so we started to realize that I'm kind of... The suspensions. The the suspension was now the weakest link. It was, like it was too soft for you at yeah, the speed you were running. At the speeds I was running. So right. if you run at a, if you were to run at a higher speed per se, you don't lean over as far. Well, not necessarily there. If you so what the next step was was I got upgraded suspension. Does it hold you higher off the ground? That raised the bike oh, off okay. the ground, right? And so now you have so a little bit more clearance. So it doesn't compress as hard when you're leaned over that far. Yeah. Gotcha. And it allows you to brake harder in the corners and get on the gas sooner because the suspension is now more rigid, yeah, right? You're off the ground. Gotcha. Well, my first session out on this new suspension. I'm totally new Same to suspension. Bike, Same bike. New suspension. New suspension. 
my first session out, Wreck. I'm like, <laughs> this is scary as fuck. I don't feel right. It, the bike's sliding all over the place. It just doesn't. Well, it's because like, your first time. It's my first time. So yeah. the guy that set my it's suspension real, up, real I had stiff. A, I had a high level of trust in my mechanic, and and so at this time I worked at a motorcycle dealership, and he, uh, the mechanic of the dealership, is the one who got my suspension all set up, and um, so I come back in from that first session, and I'm like, I don't like it. This is this was the worst decision ever. Shouldn't have done it. I'm not enjoying it, right? And he says, go give it another session. So I go give it another session. I'm not changing anything. I'm just operating out of fear. And my times are slower than they were with my factory suspension and everything else. Yeah, so you don't and, trust it. And so I come back in from that second session, and he says, you're not going fast enough. And and if you're in any kind of racing, they have braking markers. They usually have numbers painted on yeah. the ground, especially yeah. off the straightaway. Every, everyone wonders why that the checkered is red and white going into a corner. Those are for breaking slash knowing where you're at markers. Yeah, yeah. some of them are references. Yeah. Some guys will actually put stuff on the track. Yeah. Some tracks will have numbers like yeah. 54321 going into turn 1. Right. And they're hitting the brakes at turn 1 or they're letting off the or they're hitting the brakes at number 1. Yeah. And or or they're letting off the gas at number 1 and hitting the brakes at number 3 or or whatever the case may be. And so you know, I here I am telling him that my braking points have pushed way back. I'm braking earlier than I was before and all this stuff. Because you're scared. Because I'm scared. Yeah. And so he says, we've made adjustments to your bike. It now is better. Do not hit the brakes. And like my previous braking point was number one. Yeah. The first braking point you come yeah. to. He says, do not hit the brakes until halfway between two and three. And you're and, like, oh, fuck. <laughs> and I'm like, there's no fucking way this is happening. You're right? like, yeah, dude, do well, it. Going into turn one, um, there's plenty of grass. Like if you botch it and you get scared and you panic, you have yeah. hundreds of of yards to yeah. to recover. To lay right? the block down. Well, you, you don't you don't even lay it down. You just or, drive through a grass to, field for a okay, hundred yards. You can just stand it up and you can just and stand it up and not have to take the corner and just gotcha. go through the field. Okay. And it's smooth and, and yeah. it's literally set up. It's to for bail. a bailout. Yeah. It's a bailout corner. And and so I'm going into turn one and I'm like, this motherfucker, like no fucking way. Well, I trust him. And <laughs> so I get on the brakes at two and a half, which I'd never, ever done before. And I am scared fucking shitless. <laughs> I get on the brakes and the bike felt better than it ever had. I had to get on the brakes harder. Yeah. Because I'm braking later, which yeah. means so if you if you go from uh, so that compression starting to that compression starting to push down later, but more aggressive. Yeah. Right. Well, and, but and it's stiffer. The other the so the thing that compounds this is you're on the gas longer. Yeah. You're on the gas through the whole straightaway, so it's not like you're off the gas and coasting longer. No. You're on the gas longer. Yeah. So instead of getting on the and this is a so fairly, instead of doing just for reference instead of doing 100. 100 you're doing 120 because you've been on the gas longer well for and now me, you've got to hit the brakes harder yeah for me it was uh, on my old setup i was going into turn one at 110 miles an hour and then getting on the brakes oh, okay now i'm going into turn one at 130 yeah and it's that's like that's crazy i was no so close fucking way right <laughs> so i get on the brakes and i'm like i'm ready to bail I'm not even looking ahead in the corner, which is what you should be doing. I'm looking at my yeah, bailout. Yeah, you're looking point. at bailout. <laughs> but then all of a sudden, I feel the brakes feel right, and it just felt good, and everything stuck. 
And so then I immediately take my attention off of the bailout point and look ahead in the corner and make turn one. And come out and then get on the gas again. And then get on the gas. And and at this particular racetrack, after you go through turn one, you go up over a hill. And when you go up over this hill... Do you have to turn immediately or is it a flat hill? No, you have a long straightaway after the hill. But if you're on the gas enough, if you're on a 1,000cc motorcycle, you'll wheelie over the hill. If you're on a 600 and you're riding it like you should, you'll wheelie over the hill. First time ever I wheelied over the hill on the second straightaway. And then set and that thing down. it's because I was able to carry that, that corner with so yeah. much more speed. Do 150. So from that point on, I was sold. <laughs> right. But ultimately, the whole reason for that story was, as we expand our capabilities, we need to also expand our beliefs, right? Before that, I knew that I had to get on the brakes by breaking point number one. Yeah. After that, and I expanded my capabilities in the mechanical function of the bike, I knew that I had to get on the brakes by breaking point 2.5. So totally <clears throat> changed the game. It added several hundred feet to my on the gas, right? Yeah. And the longer you're on the gas, the more you're going to win races. And so... um you know, that's, that's just a parallel to that. But ultimately, as we develop as people and as our jobs as leader to develop people, sometimes we have to push people to their limits. Sometimes yeah. we have to pull people up out of bad places. And sometimes we just need to hold people accountable, right? Well, and, <clears throat> and what we're getting at here is like, so the mechanic that was working on your bike, he was pushing and pulling you, right? Mm-hmm. Like he's pulling you up from, hey, this isn't despair. We're not going back to your old setup. It's fine. But he's pushing you at the same time. Hey, dude, you're not going fast enough. Right. Like, basically, he's saying, you ain't got the balls. Let's go. You've got to get to this next level. Well, And if he hadn't done that, everything, all the suspension change would have been for naught. Right. Like, it, 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 it would have been worthless. would have taken me a step back, right? Yeah. So, like, if you drive an exotic car at uh, 30 miles an hour, it is the started. shittiest drive ever. God, this right. <laughs> Exotic cars aren't meant to drive 30 miles an hour. Yeah. Um, they're, they're meant to drive fast. Right. And yeah. so basically upgrading the motorcycle suspension made it a little bit more exotic and it was only enjoyable at higher speeds well, after that. It's, it's meant to be at another level. It's pur- yeah. Purpose. Built. It, it's crazy. So Janine's Camaro, her 68, right? Yeah. It's got a four speed Muncie in it. That car. And like, I, I'm beating this into her brain all the time. Babe, that car wants to accelerate. Yeah, you're that, driving it too slow. That car. All right, so you've newly started your company and you're trying to pinch pennies. However, you don't realize the biggest thing that's hurting you right now is not gathering all of your information into one spot and making it super efficient for you to use. So the answer is Field Pulse. It gets you off of paper tickets. It gets you off of all of that crazy office work at the end of the day and reconciling all that stuff. And it lets you organize everything with ease. It puts it all into the computer. It actually puts it all into the cloud. So it's not even putting it on your computer. And it lets you organize your customers. It lets you organize all of your service calls. Heck, it'll even route you to your service call. And the best part is, even after all of that, you'll probably realize about a 100% growth in your business just in the first year of using Field Pulse. So if you'd like to check out Field Pulse and see what great looks like, click on the link in the description of this show. The motor and transmission want to accelerate. The car is built to, like it's primitive enough that it is built to accelerate, shift, accelerate. Yep. Accelerate, shift, accelerate. 
Okay, that's that's what the car's for. It wants to be running at twenty. If you're cruising, it wants to be running twenty eight hundred RPMs. Yeah, that's just what. It's not a new car that when you get on the highway, it's turning eleven hundred. Yeah, and keep it maintaining. No, it wants to be fucking driven. Yeah. So like, like we'll go out and we'll get in the car, and I'm like, and I'll drive the dog shit out of it. I'm like, babe, do you feel? How it's actually smoother it handles, when you drive it, yeah, yeah, and it's smoother. Yep. Like it want, it's literally looking you in the face and saying, "Fucking drive me, yep, drive me, yep." This is what I'm meant to do, yep. And you know she's trying to baby, and I'm like, "Babe, you can't do that. It's it's a four speed fucking Muncie. You mm. gotta drive it. Yep. It wants to be driven. Yep. Kind of and sometimes, <laughs> like, sorry, Austin, no, uh, like high performance individuals in your business. Guys that, I'm, and I'm going to use a new construction term here, guys that are plumbing new construction guys or HVAC or electrical guys that are full of piss and vinegar, mm-hmm. that want to get out there, they got attitude that no one wants to fucking talk to them because they're just, they're kind of edgy and assholes. There's a place for those men. Yeah. I'm one of those people. Yeah. I have always been one of those people. When you push me and I'm driven... No one can fucking stop me. Right. Like, and it seems so dumb. Like, I'm not fighting people in the Bronx. It's different. Right. But when you get out there and I'm just, I'm allowed to roll and run and fucking be on my own. Yep. No one does more work or completes work faster or better than I am. Yep. Okay. There are guys in the industry, like, we are a little fewer and farther between than we used to be. Yep. But they're out there. Like that's that's what they need. They want to be fucking driven hard. It's just like the bike. It's just like the car. This is a perfect example of they need to be pushed and they need to be driven. Yep. Like it's just it's reality. Ironically, We're all different. One of my friends just posted on Facebook today. He says I can do anything as long as there is a looming deadline with serious consequences. <laughs> And I read that, and the first thing I thought of was, that's motherfucking Dave that's right there. That's me. That's fucking you me. You give 100%. Dave a looming deadline and serious consequences, yeah. and he'll move mountains. There is just, there is something different between, um, and I'm going to like paint myself into a corner here a little bit, but like there is something different with guys like me that need a little bit of push yeah. sometimes. Like they just, they need it, and they thrive on it. Yeah. Like and, and and that's what we're talking about here. Like, right. like they just need. Up. Sometimes mm-hmm. guys need gal, gals too. They need someone to just give them a little bit of push. If you push them too hard, we're gonna fucking beat your ass. Well, but sometimes they need just a little bit of edge and a little bit of go. And like the real definition between like real superheroes in the business is they can give themselves that push. Like I can give few and far between. I can give myself that push. Like I know. Like I don't need someone, um, snapping the whip. You know. Right. Like I can go out there and go. I know I have to get this done. I got to get it going. I'm just gonna do it. Right. You know. I don't need necessarily a boss pushing me, but a lot of those guys, man, you just give them a little bit of push, a little bit of hey, dude. Yeah. You get this fucking done. I'll give you a hundred bucks. Or sometimes. Go out there and say, I bet you can't get this done in right. a day. Right, some of it's, I bet you can't get it done. Yeah, it, it, you want to bet 50 bucks? You're right. losing that 50 bucks because that guy's going to fucking get it done. Right. But you have to know um, You have to know who those individuals are. Like, yeah. Not everyone's like, a lot of people fold. Yep. They just fucking crumble. They're like, oh, God, there's, it's so hard on me. It's so much pressure. Right. And they can't handle it. So 
the the pushing and pulling, right? In in the motorcycle reference, um, he was pushing me to trust the bike, right? Right. Where the pulling would come from is there was one race that we went to or one track that we went to where I was, I think it was probably the second track we went to after my newer setup. And I was all cocky and confident now at this newer setup. <laughs> but it was one of my first times at this. It was the first time at this newer track, right? So not at Oklahoma. Where was the other one? Um, I want to say this one would have been Indiana or something. I, I was going to say, it was. you guys went to Oklahoma, Indiana. And yeah. Was there one in Nebraska? Yeah, there was one in Hastings, Nebraska. We went there quite a bit, too. Yeah. Um, Those were but, your three big ones you guys went to, I think. But I think this one was in Indiana. Um, and Maybe we should start going again. I wouldn't mind it. Um, I got nothing to lose. These, uh, we, we were at <laughs> this newer it. track, and I go out for the first session and just kind of understanding what happens where on the track. And so the second session, I'm ready to push it a little bit, right? It's hard to memorize those tracks, too. Well, and, and this one, ultimately, it was just like a goof. Like, I, I thought I could get on the brakes at this point in this corner. It's only my second time ever on the track. And I got on the brakes a little too hard, and my tires were a little too cold. It was too early in the session. And I tucked the front end, which means I locked the front tire up yeah. in a in a corner. It rolled down, he spun and, out. And I slid down on the ground and slid off the track, right? Yeah. Well, it broke my foot peg off. Ah, fuck. And uh, it didn't hurt me. It didn't hurt the bike. It like We just slid off into the grass and, and all, no big deal, right? And that's what those tracks are made for. And that's, oh, what, yeah, that's yeah. what they're, they're made for and all that stuff, right? So I was all pissed because I broke my foot peg off and it ruined my day. Like, ended my day, right? Oh, you guys didn't carry any extra parts or nothing? Well, keep in mind, I had these aftermarket foot pegs that were much higher, oh, right? Gotcha. So the owner of the dealership who was out there with us... Um, what was his name? He was super Richard cool, Richard Woten. Richard. That's um, right. You know, he says... Super nice guy. Weird. He says... Super nice guy. Yeah, he says, I'm in a different session than you. He So Richard had multiple motorcycles. Yeah. And he would... He was rich as shit. He would, <laughs> he would run different motorcycles in different sessions based off of how fast each motorcycle would go. And so he was like, I've got a motorcycle... At this time, I was on the intermediate group, and yeah. he was in the advanced group. And so he was like, dude, we're t it's your left foot peg. It's two bolts. I'm in the advanced group. You're in the intermediate group. Take my shit. He's like, when when I come off the track, we move the foot peg from my bike over to yours. And then when you come off the track, we very quickly move the foot peg back over to mine. Yeah. And if you okay. can come off the track a lap early, I'm going to get out there a lap late. We'll still have make the day happen, right? So he's pulling yeah, me he was a from very, a bad spot. He was a very nice guy. Yeah. And it was kind of weird because his foot peg was the factory foot peg, so it sat lower. So I spent the whole rest of the day racing with one foot peg higher than and the so other. And so did he. But reverse it didn't matter. It, reverse that. Oh, well, no, because no, 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 his, no, his was, was the same. Yeah, okay, his was gotcha. the same. Um, but ultimately, he was pulling me out of a bad spot, right? Like, yeah. I'm, I'm not, my head's not in the game and everything else. And all, I knew it was a simple mistake. I wasn't discouraged or anything else. I was just pissed because yeah. I broke my bike early in the day and yeah, we drove then, all the way out there. But as stuff. a, so... <clears throat> He's your boss at the time. Yeah. Right? So at that time, you're thinking, oh, man, this guy's going to like literally oh, sacrifice yeah. a lap every time right? To, so that I don't have to sit here all day. Right. Like it, 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 And what does that do to your psyche? It does a lot of things. Yeah. Like it encourages you. It makes you want to work for him harder yep. when you're at work. And to be honest, he probably wasn't even thinking any of that. He was just thinking... 
Hey, dude, we can. It's no big deal. It's just who he is. Yeah, just like this is this is who I am. This is I'm gonna bring, you know, Mitch under. I don't want to say under my wing, but I, I'm gonna. You're just doing what it takes to help people. That's right. Is all it is. Thank you. So, um, you know, in those cases, you know, he was pulling me up from a bad spot, right? So, in one case, the mechanic was pushing me to do better and trust things. In that case, he was pulling me up, right? Yeah. We have to do the same thing as employers. Yeah. Sometimes we know our employees are capable of a lot more than they they think they are. And so it's our job to push the employee to do better. And it's sometimes we just got to call them on their bullshit, right? Yeah. You're saying that this is the best you can do. Well, I know it can be done this way. Yeah. And every employee is a little bit different. Um, sometimes you got to go show the employee that it can be done that fast or done this way yeah. before they'll trust you. <clears throat> and it's kind of like the four minute mile. The four minute mile was fuck off. <laughs> it was impossible. Yeah. The four minute mile yeah. was never, ever going to happen. It was impossible. It was just a thing people joked about. Right. Yeah. Until somebody broke it and they were like, oh, somebody fuck. did a four minute mile. Oh, and shit. then all of a sudden, now, seven or eight people are clicking off four-minute miles left and right yeah. because they were shown it was possible, right? Yeah. And so that's our job as leaders in companies is to show our employees what's possible. Yeah. And don't – like I have a, a good example of this, and I didn't even realize it until now. Um, when I was first starting to show guys how to do new homes in HVAC, right, mm-hmm. like new ductwork and stuff like that, I went into a house, the guys literally – so the way ductwork's hung, you have to have it tied to the joist, right? Yep. If you don't, it sucks air from the gap that they leave mm-hmm. where the duct touches the joist, right? So I'm on the guys, like probably way harder than I should have been. Like, dude, what do you fucking guys do? You Look, if you're not up there, it's not sucking, what are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. I'm pushing them, right? In the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not articulating why, right. okay? I chew their butts. I go in there. I fix it all in front of them. They don't understand why. I go home. Travis, at the time, he's like, hey, man, let's go, go get some beers, blah, blah, blah. We go to, remember when Tanner's was in mm-hmm. Blue Springs? Yep. So we used to go in there and you know, drink beers and watch the World's Games, whatever. He's like, hey, dude. like This was the most first humbling moment I've ever had. He's like, hey, I heard what happened today. Those guys were like really upset. Like They didn't know like what was going on. I tell him, right? He's like, oh yeah, okay, I get it. He's like, dude, you can't be that hard on those guys. Right. He's like, you have to you have to be like telling them why and explaining to them why, all that kind of stuff, you know, so that they understand and can be better. Yeah. And so the, for the first time ever, I'm like, oh, fuck. Like I'm, like, I'm being a super dick here. Right. So the next day, I go out, they're doing another job like right down the road, same house. So I go out there and like an hour after they started, I put my tool belt on. I go out there and I'm like, "Hey, I'm here to help." Right. Let's knock this out. I, I didn't. Let's ha- do it together. I had one layout to do. I did that. I showed up out there. I was like, "Hey guys," I just told them like flat out. I was like, "I'm sorry about yesterday." Right. Like that's on me. I didn't. I should have explained better like what we're doing here. Right. I hang like three pieces of duck. This is return air duck. I say, see how it's got to be up. So that it can't be, you know, drawn. I explain it all. We break it all down. At the end of the the day, they're like, "Hey, man, thanks, you know, for helping us." Right. Because they obviously get paid the same no matter what, you right. know, all that stuff. And, um, but that was like what you were just saying. Mm-hmm. Like I was pushing on them too hard, right? 
But then the next day, I was pull, trying to pull them forward. Right. Like, hey, I'm trying to, I'm trying to help you. I, I really am. Yep. I handled it badly. Yep. The first time, right? That's one of those growth points that we don't realize that we're doing sometimes. Like, and I know some of the guys in Trade Winds do that stuff. They're young. They're like, hey, what the fuck? You, this is how you got to do it. No. Sometimes you got to check yourself and say, no, this is what we've got to do here. Right. I'm going to show you. I'm sorry if I was a fucking dick about it before. Right. This is the right way to do it. And this is why we're doing it. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So the, you know, finding that balance of when to push them and when to pull them. It's hard. Is, is hard. Right. So the, the third part of this, and it's different than pulling them up is holding them accountable. So pulling a guy up from a bad space is when the guy's down in the dumps and he doesn't believe that he's capable of what he actually is or, or whatever the case may be. Holding him accountable is when the guy knows better, but he's still choosing to do it a different yeah, way. Choosing to fuck it up. Right. Or be lazy. And Usually it's be lazy. So a lot of times it's, it's choosing lazy. to be lazy. It's just fucking right? lazy. Um, our, and it's natural human instinct to be lazy. Society promotes laziness. Yeah. Right? To take the to take the shortcut. DoorDash is yeah. like the epitome of laziness. Yeah. I'd rather it's convenient. I'd rather pay someone and hope they don't spit in my food than go to the drive-through that's 5 minutes from my house. Right. Right. <laughs> like what what? Right. So, you know, society cultures I took all my own food, so. <laughs> society cultures just everybody just kidding. <laughs> to be lazy, but they disguise it as convenience, right? Yeah. And sometimes uh, fucking 100% dude. Sometimes the best way to do anything is to do it the fucking hard way. And that's not, you're not choosing to do it the hard way. You're not choosing to do it the long way. It's just, that's just the way it needs the, to get done. You I mean, know what I mean? Let's be honest. The hard way is the way to success. Yeah. Uh, and, and I don't want to get off topic because like we're rolling really well with this. The hard way is the way to success. Yeah. If everything was fucking easy. Dude. Everyone would be successful. Okay, it's not morning, fucking hard. Every morning in the okay? gym, those weights ain't gonna lift themselves. Fucking a, they're not. I can't subcontract that out. I can't delegate that. I can't buy that time back. I just, I that don't, is, I don't fucking just. You can. There is no easy way around success. Right. There's not. Right. Today, this morning, literally, I go to the. I'm not shitting you. So, um, I used to come on firewood, right? I just don't have time anymore. Yep. I find a guy in between Grain Valley and Oak Grove on H Highway. Okay, I see a sign out there with his phone number. I take a picture of it. I call him. I was like, hey, want to get some firewood, whatever. He's like, hey, this is what I charge. It's split. It's dry. It's whatever. You show up. I'll load it up. You pay me, right? I get it. It still takes me, even when I get home, three hours to unload three cords and stack it. Mm -hmm. That's the hard way. Yeah. Like, if you want it delivered, it's $1,500, and good luck getting someone to... Yeah. It's the hard... The hard way is the way... Dude, the hard way is the right way to get shit done the way that you want it done. I tried shortcutting something today, and it you came back to bite me in the ass. Oh, what'd you do? So... Hear me? Oh, oh I love I, when Mitch fucks up. What do you got? Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to hold back my, my, my AI and photography rant, but I'll, I'll hold that you back. You just shut door. up, Austin. I was yeah. talking to you. Um... Uh, you know, I meal prep chicken and rice, right? And that handles, that handles like 80% of my meals throughout the week. Well, 
so I use a sous vide machine, which is, if you don't know what a sous vide is, it's That's basically awesome. a little heater that goes into a bucket of water. Yeah. And you put the... the you, put a, you vacuum seal chicken, you put it in there, it cooks it to the perfect temperature. It's delicious. Perfect temperature for as long as you need Soft, to cook it, right? tender, moist. So I've got my sous vide set to 145, <clears throat> and um, the first time I ever did it, I cooked like three pieces of chicken, and I did it in like 45 minutes. Well then, okay, that worked. Let's go full scale. So I do 12 pieces of chicken at a time, bigger pot, longer time, just to make sure it, yeah. it gets. So I was doing an hour, right? Well, today we got some travel coming up this weekend. Um, I needed more, so I only got five pieces of chicken. Usually I do this like 10 or 12 at a time. So I only got five. And I'm like, I'm, I'm limited on time. So I have to cook this and eat one of them in an hour. So I set it for 45 minutes. Yeah. And I get it all done. And I start cutting everything up. Like, so I package four of them. Okay. And then I start cutting up the one that I'm going to eat. And I'm like, this ain't cutting right. Raw shit. And it's not raw, but it definitely ain't cooked. Yeah. And so I'm like, well, it's going to be tougher, but it is what it is. I shortened it, right? I take one fucking bite and I'm like, motherfucker. I can't even eat it. Yeah. It's not done, right? So I am pissed because now I don't eat. Like, I don't have time for lunch. Yeah. So that's on you, dude. And then I have to recook. Yeah, the rest. I'm gonna have to get all that shit back out of the fridge, go put it back in the sous vide, yeah, and cook you it longer. Up. You right? fucked up. So I tried to take a shortcut, and fucked now you. it cost me yeah. a fucking hour, right? Yep. When if I would have just gotten on the ball 15 minutes sooner and let it do the full hour like it should, it yeah. would have been perfectly fine. It's just it's the same thing as a workout, right? Like there's there's no shortcuts in a workout. No. Like if you're gonna run for 30 minutes. You got to run for 30 minutes. Yeah, you can't run take faster to... and achieve the same result in 25 minutes. All right, so if you guys haven't realized, this show has gone pretty long. So, yeah, we got to, I'm losing yeah, my voice what is the here. What's the matter with you? So, uh, if you haven't realized, this show's gone long. We're going to split this up into two episodes as to not make like a two-hour freaking show. So, this is going to wrap up show number one. Tune in next week for the second part of this show. Until next time, guys, we'll see you later.